Ahoy, Buck fans! Are ye looking for a different kind of podcast that centers on the yellow-bellied opponents? Well, you've come to the right place. Get ready for an enjoyable, in-depth look back at the important moments, historical facts, and games for the Buccaneers against this week's opposition. It's the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com podcast network. Now, let's get started with your co-hosts, Jason Powers and Peter Blake. All right, Buck fans, welcome into our final review of the regular season, week 18 edition, actually leading into the playoff wildcard edition of the No Quarter Given podcast. I'm your host, Jason, down here in Tampa, Peter Blake, over in the... Where you, what part of what part of the state are you in these days? Holiday, holiday, holiday. All right, that's about thirty minutes from Tampa. So now you're you're right in the Bay Area. You're still in the Metro Bay Area. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome in, Peter Blake. Thank you, sir. How you doing? Not too bad. Bucks fall to eight and nine, losing record. You know, a, kind of a throwaway game for the Buccaneers Sunday in Atlanta. They lose thirty to seventeen to the Falcons. Again, most people thought that the Bucks were would eventually lose the game because they would take their guys out. And Atlanta played all their guys the, the entire game. Um, and we're going to get into the game. We won't talk a ton about that game. I want to focus most of our time previewing the Monday Night Football Wild Card Edition. Bucks Cowboys Monday Night. Aikman and Buck will be in the house. Um, just. And we'll get to that in just a few minutes, but uh, the which I thought you and I talked about that. I thought it needed to be Sunday night or Monday night with the with the scheduling because of the Cowboys and Brady and Dak and all that stuff. So, um, all right, give me some give me some general thoughts about the game Sunday in Atlanta. You and I had a spirited debate yeah. last week. How long would Brady play? He ends up playing a quarter and a half or so. Nice first drive. Your thoughts. Well, according to Jay Glazer, he actually said the Bucs wanted him to not play the game at all, but he decided to defy the orders of the Bucs and the organization and the coaching staff, and he played five series. I thought the Bucs in the first half looked pretty good, 17-10. to 10. You have to feel good once Brady goes out with 356 remaining uh, in that second quarter. And then after that, it was basically curtains. But if you want any momentum or something to take out of it the last two weeks, this offense, even with the backup offense alignment, looked pretty sound. Yeah, and you weren't playing against a great Atlanta defense, granted. But I do like the rhythm of the first drive. They got Godwin going. They threw a, you know they threw the touchdown to Rudolph there at the end on a nice play action. Uh, that So, um, yeah, good, good rhythm in the first couple drives. You know, Gabbert throws a touchdown there in the end of the first half to Russell Gage. Um, you know, they got out of the game pretty injury-free. We're going to talk about Hainsey here in a second. Their center, you know, tweaked to hamstring. We don't know the severity of that. Rudolph um, got hurt. Uh, 50 and touchdown in his career. 10 play, 70-yard drive. Spinning <laughs> man on a milk cart and finally catches a touchdown. And then in true Buccaneer fashion, goes out with an injury. Who knows how long that's going to be, but it was a knee injury, so disappointing to say the least and of course you go into the game like you always talked about the main goal is to come out relatively healthy and I think they did besides of course uh Hansy yeah and like I said we don't know what the status of of Hansy but uh you know obviously um you know we, we're going to talk about the possible alternative to Hansy at center here in just a minute but um but yeah I mean again no, again, you, you saw some guys, some Buccaneer guys having to play more plays than they needed to only because of bodies. You saw Winfield in the game at the end there a bunch. 
ideally he would have been out of the game, but they, according to Todd Bowles, ran out of players. He had to play. Sure. No, absolutely. Maybe the NFL, if a game is, you know, doesn't mean that much to a team, maybe extend the rosters next year. Maybe extend the rosters after a certain week to help out teams rest their players so you don't have a situation where you have to have an Antoine Winfield Jr. play in the whole game. Yep. And again, that's part of, you know, part of GMing and that's in that league is managing your roster and figuring out which guys you can sit and, and can't sit and all that stuff. But you make a good point. Maybe the last week or two of the season, maybe they expand the roster and give everybody two more roster spots, active guys for everybody, whether it's a playoff situation or not, because of the, because of the wear and tear, especially in that last week when you got a lot of games that theoretically, but the NFL doesn't want to come off as these games are meaningless. They want They want the perception to be that every one of these games count. Yeah. But basically some of those games don't count, you know, I mean, they do count, but then right. they don't count to a team. So you're exactly right. I mean, it's, whole situation is crazy what was your thoughts about the, the the drama in lambeau field sunday night aaron Rodgers gets knocked out by the lions give dan campbell all the credit for getting his team to play in a game that they had just gotten their heart broken about an hour before kickoff in seattle with the overtime game winner in seattle knocking the lions out but give dan campbell all the credit in the world for getting those guys ready to play and and, and playing to win the game not 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 playing to lay down yeah, not playing the lay down, even though you know the result that you're not going to make the playoffs. But this team all year long has shown that moxie, if you will, shown that grit, which is what they talked about in hard knocks. They're starting to believe in this coast. They're starting to believe that they can win games. And I'm not surprised that they go off and, and knock out uh, the Green Bay Packers from playoff contention. A very stupid team in the Packers uh, on Sunday night, whether it's Quay Walker getting kicked out for uh, touching a coach or trainer Rash pushing the trainer right Rashid kidding me and they missed Devontae White who's his teammate yeah. also from Georgia doing the same thing both of them should be kicked out both of them should be suspended then somebody has to explain what Rajul Douglas is doing on the uh, field goal there touching the ball coming across the line of scrimmage hey you look like a zombie out there I don't know what the Packers are doing they deserve to lose a very stupid and uh, undisciplined team on Sunday night. They're out. Seattle Seahawks slide into the seventh spot. They're going to San Francisco this week. You got the Bucks in Dallas, and then you got the Giants in Minnesota who played three or four weeks ago to a really good game. So you got three good matchups technically, and I don't think the Seattle-San uh, Francisco game might not be a great matchup, but it's a division no. rival. And you it's a division yeah. rival. You never know. Uh, that's what I would say. And the other two are, are matchups that uh, teams that have played each other already in the regular season. So – um, post game, Tom Brady on his podcast Monday makes a comment. We are going to be as healthy as we've been all year. What does that tell you? Ryan Jensen could be back possibly. And you're comfortable with the situation that you have, not only offensively, but defensively. We've talked about the wide receiving injuries all year long, whether it was Godwin coming off. Uh, the knee injury, Mike Evans with the hamstring, Julio Jones with the knee. It seems like you're good there. Your offensive line could be intact with Ryan Jensen. Again, just assuming what he's saying. And then defensively, I think that's a major part of it, especially with Vea and Akeem Hicks. If both of those players are healthy, there's a statistic out there that I want to drop. They're 6-1, and one, Jason Powers, with Vea and Hicks when they play together, and they're allowing teams that run the ball only 89 yards in average a game. When both of those players miss or one of them is not out in the field, 
They're two and eight, and they're giving up 120 rushing yards. That's major because you're playing the Dallas Cowboys with, of course, Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, who love to run the ball. And at the end of the day, they have to run the ball to take the pressure off of Dap Prescott, who had an absolutely atrocious game versus the Washington Commanders with everything on the line. Yeah, they, 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 we'll talk about Dallas in just a little bit, but you're right. They they were really, really bad in, in, in D.C. against Sam Howell and the Commanders. They get beat 26-6. to six. Dak throws more interceptions. Just right. a total lackluster performance all the way around for the Cowboys, which – Again, if you're a Buccaneer fan, that it absolutely gives you more hope. And I think, yeah, I'm with you. I think the way Tom Brady was as emphatic as he was about the health, I think you're going to see Ryan Jensen Sunday or Monday night, uh, even if Robert Hainsey's healthy. I think you're going to see Jensen in the game. Um, what do the Bucks do in the event Jensen can't? Let's say Jensen and Hainsey aren't able to play. You put Leverett at center. And then you're almost stuck having to play Luke Gedeke at left guard. That could be the that could be the death nail for the Buccaneers if both those centers are out. Absolutely, and uh, you have to go with what you have because at the end of the day, you have a tough matchup, including uh, Michael Parsons, who has been a terror on Wills against this Buccaneer team uh, the last matchups here, especially on Week One and, and all year versus the National Football League. One of the best young pass rushers out there can do so many things, but. You know, his thing is to get after the quarterback, and that's the main matchup you have to watch for. If you can protect Brady, we know that this defense is susceptible to a quarterback picking them apart. We just saw a rookie quarterback do that, so you have to feel good. You look at the secondary matchup there, Mike Evans against Trayvon Diggs, who takes lots of chances, maybe more double moves with Evans having a big game because Diggs takes so many chances on interceptions and big plays. And Dallas's number two corner has really struggled. They've lost their both their number two corners, Jordan Lewis and Brown, I think. Anthony Brown was their number two, who was yeah. pretty decent. Both those guys are done. So teams have really been picking on that number two corner for Dallas, which means, you know, they're probably gonna put dig they're gonna put digs on somebody, probably man to man most of the night, whether it's Evans or or Godwin or whoever's out wide, probably Evans. Uh, so the so the, obviously the Cowboys can then roll the coverage elsewhere to help out their other guys, but that will be a key key matchup, you know that that, that uh, the Buccaneers and Tom Brady will will try to exploit. Uh, remember, remember, Buck fans, Bucks win nineteen three in Week One. Um, you know, the Bucks move the ball very consistently between the twenties, but again struggled to score touchdowns. Ryan Suckup kicked I think four field goals, and then they did score the one touchdown to go nineteen three. That game very easily could have been the high twenties. 27 to 30 points for the Buccaneers. The defense played really well. They picked off uh, Prescott. Remember, Prescott got hurt at the end of that game with a thumb injury. But again, the Bucs manhandled their their offense. Carlton Davis, huge, huge factor in this game against C.D. Lamb. Yeah, no, I absolutely have to shut him down. That's the reason why you're paid top 10 money, top money in the National Football League to shut down a receiver like this let the other guys beat you, and you go back to the matchups that you're probably going to be watching in this Dallas game. It's Tom Brady versus Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator. Because in that first matchup, they were running a lot of cover two. They were trying to disguise their coverages. And look, you got to do that versus a Tom Brady because he's seen basically every defense out there, and that was the difficulty in the red zone for some reason. Dan Quinn kept on doing that, and of course, pressure was uh, getting to Brady so he couldn't get rid of the ball. But besides that, for me, I think the offense was sound that night. They were able to move the ball up and down the field. It's just how do you approach this? How does Dan Quinn approach it? And you're exactly right. 
if you bracket coverage towards the Mike Evans, does that open it up for Chris Godwin, who, by the way, gets his 100 catches and over 1,000 yards receiving this year? Does that open up a matchup for Julio Jones yes. to finally stand out? And this is the reason why you kept Jones in the first place healthy uh, for that X factor. So do those things start to play out on Monday night? And like we talked about in week one, you can't let Micah Parsons ruin the game. He's not, he struggled the last five or six weeks, not been nearly as effective as a pass rusher. Again, we, who knows what the result, the, the, the reasons for that are. Right. Is he hurt? Is our, our team starting to catch up with them because it comes down to tendencies, right? I mean, right. every time you're on the field, of course, when you come in, nobody knows what you're doing. And then eventually they catch up on those tendencies. So if you're double or triple teaming him, somebody has to step up on this Cowboy defense. And of course, they're great at getting after the quarterback. Once again, that's one of their strong spots. So this offensive line definitely has a challenge on Monday Night Football. And one of those stats that I didn't know this, but is it may it's 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 a it's a good one to know. The Dallas Cowboys are one in five on grass. Mm. Much different. They're they're much they're half a step quicker on that turf at home. When you get them on grass, that pass rush is is that half step slower. So I think that's something, again, that will favor the Buccaneers. You're going to have both Donovan and Tristan Wirfs will be in there healthy another week. And, I, again, having that extra day to, to, to get ready for Monday night is going to be helpful as well. So I think the Bucs have an opportunity here. Um, what do you see What do you see going on with the running back situation? Do you think the Bucs go back to Leonard Fournette here as, as we get to playoff time? Or do you think they continue to, to give Rashad White a, more, more of the carries 60-40 kind of split on the carries. Depends on the hot hand. If Leonard Fournette yep. that night is doing well, you give him the ball, you sprinkle in Rashard White. Uh, if not, then you give the ball to White. I think you play the hot hand. Whomever at that point uh, is running the strongest uh, in your game plan, who's ever the most dependable catching the ball out of the backfield. You look at Leonard Fournette and what he did this year, catching the ball, being one of Brady's uh, security blankets. Um, it's just going to come down to playing the hot hand at the end of the day. And uh, for me, it's going to be important because you look at the first matchup, Leonard Fournette, what he ran for 120 yards. And that was one of their best days mm -hmm. of rushing besides maybe Seattle. So I think, again, you have to become that balanced team. Are you helped by Ryan Jensen if he's healthy? Yes, I think you are because of not only the presence, uh, but the physicality. He brings something to that line that's been missing all year long for me the line has uh, been uh, a little bit softer than they should you get Jensen back I think it gets a little bit better all right listen to no quarter given podcast presented by buckpower.com podcast network we will not have a montage this week of the Cowboys remember you can go back into Buck Power TV on YouTube if you want to check out the montage online from from Paul Stewart we did he did one back in week one this is the third playoff matchup in, in history with the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs first two were back in the 80s you had a blowout both of them were in Dallas one blowout and one pretty close game in the early 80s the Doug Williams era of, of when the Bucks were making their first kind of surge as a franchise and this will be the third playoff matchup uh, involving the Bucks and the Dallas Cowboys give me a uh, give me a um, let's talk special teams for a minute again mm -hmm. suck up Solid inside of 50 yards. To me, that'll be a key in this game. Again, Maher is a good kicker for the Cowboys. Can either one of these teams spark a big play in special teams? Cavante Turpin's a pretty good return man for Dallas, so you got to be wary there. Tompkins has done a pretty good job as the return man the three or four weeks he's been doing it. Give him sure. credit. 
hasn't fumbled the ball, hasn't mishandled any balls, which that's number one of importance, especially in playoffs. As you and I know, turnover margin is going to decide most of these playoff games. And field position, of course, if you're in a close game, which uh, the Bucks have played a lot of in this regular season, I get it. Playoffs are do- totally different animal. Uh, but if you have a close game, field position is definitely going to be a big part of it. And it's going to be the punt god, hopefully, Jake Carmada with some big-time punts to pin that offense that, by the way, again, has struggled with Dak Prescott at the controls. So that's important on Monday night. Yeah, and Dallas has their own issues with injuries. They Their center, Biadaz, we're not sure what his status is going to be, which which means Jason Peters, like the 41-year-old left tackle, might be starting oh, at left tackle. Uh, again, yeah, a guy you got to go after. But again, the Bucks don't have elite pass rushers, but you still got to go after these guys. It'll be interesting to see how much Todd Bowles to me, one of the key moments on defense is going to be, do you pressure Dak Prescott, which makes the throws and the reads easier, or do you play coverage, where he seemed to have struggled in the last four, five weeks, six weeks, in coverage with the interceptions? What do you, you think? You mix it up. You disguise the coverages. You confuse the man because, again, he's struggling with confidence. 15 touchdowns with missing five games. Uh, that's easily going to lead the NFL besides Davis Mills of the Houston Texans who does the honors, but missing five games and still leading the NFL with interceptions is completely horrible, especially when you're paying them all that money. So I definitely think you, you, you change up those looks, confuse them a little bit, blitz play coverage. And then at the end of the day, if Jason Peters is on that left side, you have to like Anthony Nelson and you have to also like the emergence of Joe Tryon Shyanka. He's played a lot better. His numbers have gone up. He's playing the run better. He's getting after the quarterback. He just needs to finish. And consequently, maybe the Cowboys will be finished if JTS gets after the quarterback more and finishes the job. No doubt. I mean, again, you're going to have some opportunity there. Again, stop the run is number one. If you, if you, if you let Pollard and Zeke go, then you take all the pressure off of Dak and he doesn't have to do much. The, right. e- the throws will be much easier, much simpler throws. But if you can if you can bottle up that running game, again, remember Pollard's a really good player out of the backfield as well, catching the ball. Again, Devin White, Levante are going to have to be responsible for him out of the backfield. And you're back to your point of Shoyinka and Anthony Nelson. Contain Dak Prescott. Don't let him burn you with his legs because you know he's going to be nervous about throwing a ball when he's under pressure, more likely to pull it down and try to run as opposed to trying to fit a ball in a tight spot with his with how he's played the last four or five weeks. And he also had one of his worst games versus this Buccaneer defense in week one. And I get it, teams are different, but Dak is playing horrible. And he also got injured in that game. So if you can put as much pressure on him as possible, you can possibly definitely think you can force some turnovers and force him to do some things that he doesn't necessarily want to do. No, no doubt about it. What are your thoughts? Um, coaching advantage. Who, who do you think? Again, both coaches have their issues that we've been critical of over the time McCarthy obviously he's been there three years this is his year three I think this is a must-win game for Mike McCarthy he he could be on the hot seat here if he loses this game with where the Cowboys were three weeks ago if they lose this game you could be having a lot of conversations about Sean Payton yeah exactly I mean what if I told you that basically McCarthy and everything he's done for this team that year would not mean anything because if you lose in the first round Sean Payton is going to become a huge name. In fact, I think Mike McCarthy is fired right on the spot after the game or a couple days later, and you're going to see Sean Payton, who I feel like wanted uh, – Jerry Jones has always wanted as a coach, didn't want to get out of the building, but somehow got out of the building, almost a Mike Tomlin situation with the Bucks when 
he was able to get out of there and go to the Vikings and be a defensive coordinator and then eventually become a great coach, which he has been yep. uh, for that Pittsburgh Steelers team, never having a losing record. Definitely think this is a must-win game. All the pressure is on the Dallas Cowboys. Jason Powers, they have not been able to win a playoff game on the road since 1992 with Troy right. Aikman at the controls there. I like the Bucks in this game big time, and I think all the pressure is going to be on Dak Prescott and this team. And the, and the Bucks are a two-and-a-half-point underdog at home, which is probably unheard of for Tom Brady in his playoff career. Um, I, I know he's been an underdog before in the playoffs with the Patriots, but home game, I don't know if he's ever been an underdog at, at, as a starting quarterback in the playoffs at home. Did you say it was two-and-a-half? Because there's a rule out there by my colleague, Mr. Harry, the Greek professional handicapper extraordinaire. When the home team is – or excuse me, when the road team is favored by two-and-a-half, there's an 88% rule out there that the home team usually wins. So when the road team is favored by two, two and a half, usually the home team wins 88% of the time. It, and it'll be interesting to see Monday night what the crowd is. I, I know there will be some Cowboy fans in the building. You know that. It will be interesting to see what the percentage of Cowboy fans are in that building Monday night at Raymond James Stadium. Hopefully you none. Know, well, there's going to be it, some. Inexcusable that there's any Cowboy fans for a playoff game. I mean – if, if you're a Bucks fan out there and you're selling your tickets and I get it, you know, things are tough and you're going to get a great price on them, but sell them to a Bucks fan. Don't sell them to a Cowboy fan. That's supposed to be home field advantage. That's what you get. This team gets that because they won the NFC South. Say whatever you want to having a winning record or not, that's the home field advantage in the playoffs. That's yours. And Bucks fans shouldn't be giving that away by selling their tickets to Cowboy fans. No. And potentially Tom Brady's last ever football game as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. That's the other, you know, caveat right. in this. We don't we don't know, but a lot of speculation that this is this potentially is it. And most likely the last home game, no matter if they win or lose, most likely the last home game uh, you know, this year for the Buccaneers. So all right, Peter right. Blake, give me a give me a call here. I'm gonna let you go first. You go first, okay. and I'm gonna go off of you. I'm gonna say Todd Bowles. I need Todd Bowles to be aggressive Monday night. Not saying reckless, but aggressive. Go for it on fourth down. Any, any anywhere from the you know forty-five scoring forty-five in. If it's fourth and two or three, you go for it unless the lead unless you have a big lead and it dictates to pin them in. But I want to see an aggressive Todd Bowles. I think again the last couple of weeks you've seen a better game plan out of Byron Leftwich um, as far as just the, the 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 play the flow of the play calling's been better. They're throwing the ball down the field more, and if they can protect Tom Brady. They're going to take their shots down the field with Evans and uh, I think and I, Evans and Julio. I think Julio will be involved. I think a key guy in this game with all the coverage probably rolling to the outside. I think you're going to see K. Dotton back in the mix a little bit here in the seams in between the numbers. You know, Tom loves the tight end, especially in these playoff games. Dallas's safeties are not great. They've got good corners, but you you know they're going to be help protect that number two corner. If he's on Julio or Mike Evans, so a guy like K. Dot and I could see tonight, uh, Monday night being a major factor, especially in the red zone. So give me the Bucks twenty-seven, Cowboys twenty. I like the Bucks uh, twenty-three to seventeen in a close contest. You're exactly right, Jason Powers. They love to run those seam routes. They did that the first game. Uh, they also love to run those combination routes with guys running a slant and then running uh, a flat there. Uh, weren't able to complete those. I think you're able to complete those because you're given the time with Ryan Jensen and his return in this offensive line showing up on Monday night. 
I like the Bucs 23 to 17 over the Dallas Cowboys. And especially if they can run the ball early, that's going to suck those linebackers up, which gives Otten and those guys more space behind them in the middle of the field. Correct. So to me, that's a critical element in this game is to be able to run the ball early. Uh, again, you saw the, the, you've seen the defensive and you're going to see teams run at Micah Parsons too. Don't run away from them, run at them again. To me, Jensen's biggest impact could be in the running game. He's a rugged guy, you know, short space areas where he doesn't have to, you know, it's road not like grader. he's having to, yep, yep, he's a road grader, exactly. So to me, this is where you could see the major move here with if Ryan Jensen's available to go is in the running game, especially short yardage where the Bucks have struggled, third and fourth and ones, things like that. So, and you will also see there'll be no, there'll be no tinkering with Tom Brady. If it's quarterback sneak time, you're going to see Tom take the ball, quarterback sneaking it. And watch her double move by Mike Evans. You talk yep. about the, mode, the momentum, Mike Evans and Tom Brady. They have that connection going right now. They're going to try to expose Trayvon Diggs. They tried to get him in the first matchup. They're going to get him in this matchup. Double move, Mike Evans with the big play, book it. All right, Peter Blake, great analysis. Tell everybody where they can find all your great work, man. Absolutely. On Monday and Wednesday nights on Facebook and YouTube, it's the Sports Web, the evolution of sports talk television. Do three things. Bring your passion. Bring your excitement. Just don't bring any nonsense. I'm your host, Peter Blake. Welcome to Playoff Week, Bucks fans. Absolutely. And I'm going to be Bucks fans. If you're in the Tampa Bay area and you're not going to the game, I'm going to be doing a live pregame show from Beefo Brady's Himes and Bush Boulevard. Peter Blake will be joining us if he's not doing something Pre-game wise on his end, he'll be joining us leading from we'll be on the air from seven to eight. You can go okay. to my face. Yep. You can go to my Facebook page. Jason Powers on Facebook will be live streaming there. You can interact. I will share the link where you if you want to join in and get get on get on board with us and give us your, your analysis and predictions. We'll be at Beefs. Come out to Beefs and watch the game if you're not going to the game. If you're in the Carrollwood, Forest Hills there. Great place to watch the game. Tons of screens. It'll be packed out Monday night. The, you know, it's playoff time, brother. You know, this is this playoffs. is what we this is like Bill Parcells says, this is why you lift all those weights and run all those sprints because you it. get an opportunity to play in the playoffs. Exactly. That's the reason why you do all these shows, these great shows on the buckpower.com TV network. You got it. And remember, buckpower.com. For, go check out buckpower.com. Back in the 80s, you'll see Hugh Green footage, Doug Williams footage, a great uh, you know playoff history within the Bucks and the Cowboys. You will see some videos, I promise you, this week. If you need any stats going into the into the game, this that's the place to go, buckpower.com. Thanks to Paul Stewart for all his hard work throughout the year with the montages. That's not easy to do on his end. He does all that stuff for us and provides it for you, the Buck fans, because we want you to be as informed as you can as a Buck fan, and hopefully we're providing you some good notes and news and nuggets and all that stuff leading the game. I think you'll see Ryan Jensen play just by the, the enthusiasm Tom Brady showed in his comments on his no on his uh, Let's Go podcast. And we both like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who would you rather play at the Bucks advance? Go to Philly or go to San Francisco? Potentially. I want Philly. I do too. I don't want to go to San Francisco until the bitter end. Right. I, I feel like you have to go to San Francisco in order to get to the Super Bowl. I think that's where it's going at this juncture. Even though Philly, to me, is probably the best team in the National Football League at some points this year. With Jalen Hurts getting beat up, with Lane yep. Johnson, with some of the injuries they're experiencing right now, I would rather go there than San Francisco. All right, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think Philly's the place you want to go next week, especially. It will be interesting to see if the Bucks win, being that they're playing on Monday night. 
Will they stick them and make them play Saturday or Sunday? I don't think there's any fair way in the world you can make a team play Monday night and then come back and play Saturday. I think if whichever team wins Monday night has to play on Sunday or that will just be a major injustice to the to the winning team. I agree. I absolutely agree. I think you'll see Bucks Philly for 430 Sunday afternoon from from Lincoln Financial if that's the way it goes. Or you might see a Sunday night game. I could see a NBC Sunday night because next week we'll have divisional games. You'll also have them a night game as well, both Saturday and Sunday. So I think you could see a uh, Sunday nighter in Philadelphia if it's Brady and Jalen Hurts. Oh, absolutely. And there's a storyline there because the Eagles got eliminated by the Bucks in the yes. first round last year. So that's what you can bank off of. One of the youngest quarterbacks uh, doing MVP type of things uh, against uh, the Bucks and Tom Brady. Of course, it's perfect. Sell it. Sell it to New York and sell it to NBC if it's a Sunday night football fair. You got it. Give me your quick last quick thought on, on the DeMar Hamlin situation. What a recovery this guy's made. The Bills unbelievable drama run the kickoff back in the uh, in the in the game against the Patriots over the weekend what'd you think of that that's beautiful it's a beautiful story it's great that he recovered and and I think it's great for the NFL and great for NFL fans and now you wonder if this is one of those storylines if you will that galvanizes this team to push them and give them that momentum to go to the Super Bowl it's some of these type of stories sometimes that you have to pay attention to that really makes a team focus in and gives them that advantage. It's crazy to say, but this is the beauty in sports. And you could have next week a Buffalo-Cincinnati rematch in the divisional round in Buffalo. And if that happens, don't be surprised if you see DeMar Hamlin at that game flipping the coin or doing making an appearance at that game. Can you imagine that place going ballistic if that guy walks out there and flips the coin or is out there for a, for a you know, Completely amazing. You you can't you can't put a better storyline out there. You can't script it for Hollywood any better than what it was last Sunday. And for that, I mean, geez, uh, you have to say Buffalo wins that game, right? Even though Cincinnati is one of the most talented teams in the National Football League. All right, Buck fans, appreciate you finding us. We will be back. We'll do one more episode if the Bucks lose. We will have another episode next week, just doing a quick recap of the game, and we'll give you a couple offseason storylines and such. But we're not going to lose Peter Blake. We're going to be prepared. Oh. To go, we're going to be preparing to go to Philadelphia or potentially San Francisco, depending on what happens in the other games. But re- remember, the number one seed gets the worst seed left. So if all four off the top four seeds win, the Bucks will go to Philly. But if the at the five, six, or seven seed win, those people will go to Philly, and the Bucks theoretically would go to San Francisco if the Niners win. There's no guarantee the Niners are going to win either. That's it. I mean, in theory, the Bucs could host a divisional game next week if San Francisco and Minnesota lost. The Bucs could be at home in round two, theoretically, but the likelihood of that is not great, but it is still a possibility. There's a chance. You're saying there's a chance? Absolutely. Dumb and dumber. Watch it, kids. It's great. You got it. All right, Peter Blake, have a great week, and we will talk to everybody next week. Thanks for the BuckPower.com podcast network for having us again. And as we say going out the door, Peter, what do we need to say? Let's go, Bucks. See you next week. Join us again soon for another preview of a scallywag buccaneer foe when we come back with another no-quarter-given podcast. And make sure for the best in historical Buck coverage, you go to BuckPower.com. And as always, keep listening to the BuckPower.com Podcast Network.